Hey, if you do have your Bibles, why don't you turn to Matthew, Matthew chapter 18. Sorry, Matthew chapter 16, verse 18 is our key, key verse. And then I'll read a couple of verses just before that. You know something that God has already been putting on my, our hearts, Jody and myself, uh, for, for this year is the words, I will build. And you know, Jesus is, is the one who's building his church. And, uh, and that's what he's focused on. And here's, what, here's my challenge to you. If Jesus is building the church, let's be building what Jesus is building. And, uh, and so, you know, we do have that saying that, that Jesus said, and we're going to look at it soon. It says, I will build my church and the gates of Hades, or some version says the gates of hell, will not prevail against it. Turn to the person next to you and say, I will build. And then turn to the person who's your second choice on the other side and, and say to them, the gates will not prevail. Hey, the gates will not prevail. Uh, you know, Hades can, can have all sorts of an effect, but the gates of Hades, the gates of hell will not prevail. If Jesus is building the church, what are you building? If Jesus is building the church, let's not get so distracted with trying to build our lives our career, our relationships, our family, all of those things are good. How you know God cares about all of those things? Jesus said this, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these other things that the Kiwis run after. Right? All these other things that they run after, all the things that they spend their life to achieve, Jesus said all of those things, your heavenly Father knows that you need them. He's not a Buddhist monk saying to you, you don't need anything. All right? Jesus is not saying, seek first the kingdom of God and be homeless. He's not saying, seek first the kingdom of God and nothing else matters. He says, your heavenly father feeds the sparrows, looks after the animals, and can look after you really, really well if you will choose to be a kingdom-minded person who says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you as well. Amen. I tell you, I just really believe that God has been relocating key believers from other parts of the world to New Zealand as forced missionaries. They don't realize that they're a missionary. They thought they were emigrating for, a, you know, for life. And when they came here, here's the thing. The challenge I want to give to you is this. Don't lose your kingdom edge that you had from where you came from. Because all of a sudden you come to this nation and you go, oh, it's all about a job and it's all about a house and it's all about, a, you know, becoming a part of the Kiwi rat race. Did Jesus call you all the way, all those kilometers to this part of the world so you can just join the rat race? Or did he actually say, come and seek first the kingdom of God? Come on. And all of these other things will be added to you as well. Am I preaching to anybody today? I always try to ease into it, but then sometimes... You know, you guys have been doing so much, so much praying. It just, it just gets sucked out of me, you know. But, but here's the thing. If Jesus is building the church, what are you building? And here's the thing. I, 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 I love the fact that God is so focused on, on our lives. He has exciting purpose, exciting plans. God is a provider. He has blessing. Whenever we go on holiday, we always say, we always praise a family. This is my daughter, Krista, who's starting uni this week. Come on. Oh. 
And, uh, you know, we always pray for surprising blessings. As we say, Lord, Lord, unexpected blessings. And we always get it. And we always get it uh, because, um, because God is a good, good father. But here's the thing. Let's be building what he's building. All right, that was just to give you time because I know how long it takes you guys to get to the book of Matthew. So if you found Matthew chapter 16, just going to read from verse 13. It says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they replied, some say John the Baptist and Others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And Jesus said, what about you? Who, who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered and said this, you are the Messiah. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And verse 17, Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. In other words, you've had a revelation about me that came from heaven. And then he turns around and he says, And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Here's this question that Jesus asked the people there. What do the crowd say? Who do they say that I am? And they say, oh, people got all sorts of different theories. How many of you know now in the world, in our city, people got all sorts of interesting theories about who Jesus is or who Jesus was. Or he was a good man. He was a moral teacher. You know, uh, you know the, the Buddhists would say, sorry, the, the Muslims would say he's a great prophet. The Hindus would say he's one of the gods. People have all sorts of theories about Jesus. I, I like what C.S. Lewis said. C.S. Lewis says, hey, you've got to come to a conclusion about Jesus that he was either a liar or he was a lunatic or he is the Lord. You can't say, oh, he was a good person because, you know, you know he, he was totally deceived if he thought he was the son of God and wasn't. And went to a cross for no purpose. He's either a liar or he's a lunatic or he's the Lord. See, Jesus says, who do people say that I am? And, uh, and then he turns around and he says to his disciples, he says, okay, who, who do you say that I am? I mean, you know, you're going to be a church builder. You're going to be a kingdom builder if you have a revelation and a knowledge of who Jesus is. We can never build the church, build our lives, build the kingdom without coming close to Jesus, having a revelation of Jesus, knowing who Jesus is. As, the, as we get closer to Jesus, that's how we can have a greater impact in our lives. And the Bible says, you know, that, that, that those who know their God shall do exploits. Amen. As we know God, and he says, who, who do people say I am? And then he says, who do you say I am? And then, and then Simon Peter, because Peter was the name Jesus ended up giving him, but Simon Peter said, you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. You're the anointed one. You're the Messiah that has been promised in scriptures is going to come. He had a revelation and Jesus was like, wow, that did not come to you by anybody else. That came to you from heaven. That was a revelation from heaven. You see, as you have a revelation of who Jesus is, not only does it draw you closer to him, but then he turns around and he says, now I'm going to do you a favor. You have a revelation of me. I'm going to give you a revelation of you. 
And so he said, yeah, <laughs> you got a revelation from heaven. And here's another one. You got a revelation about me. I'm now wanting to repay the favor and I'm going to give you a revelation of you. And he said, Simon, son of Jonah. In other words, your name is Simon. Your dad's name is Jonah. That's who you are in the natural. But now I want to speak heaven's revelation over your life. He says, Simon, son of Jonah, this wasn't revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father who's in heaven. And I say to you, you are Peter. Oh, you are Peter. You are a rock. And on this rock, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of Hades is not going to prevail against it. What God wants to do in our time, in our generation, is to draw you closer to Jesus. And as you come closer to Jesus, your eyes get open to who He is. We want to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. And as we see Jesus, He puts a mirror up and He says, now I want you to see who I made you to be. He said, in the natural, you are Simon, son of Jonah. But heaven declares, I declare, you're Peter. You're a rock. And on this rock, I'm going to build my church. The, uh, the incredible power of that is that if we come into the presence of God, we discover who he made us to be. And Peter wasn't perfect. I mean, people go, you sure you're talking to the right person? Peter, the rock. You know, a little while later, Peter wants to give Jesus some advice. He's built his confidence. So he's like, hey, that whole going to the cross thing, that doesn't sound like a good plan. And, and, and he says, I really honestly think you should change this plan. And Jesus turns around and says, get behind me, Satan. He was like, Satan, I thought I was the rock. I tell you, that's, that's massively encouraging. Isn't that encouraging? Why is that? Because we are a work in progress. That God is speaking life into us. God is saying, hey, this is what heaven sees on you. And I want to tell you what, what heaven wants to build in this city is built on this. It's not just built on who you are in the natural. It is built on who God sees you to be. It's built on the gifts and the entrustment and the declaration of who God says you are. He says, you're Peter. It's on what heaven has declared over you that I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell is not going to prevail against it. In other words, if God wants to cause you to be a living stone that he's going to build upon, it's not just your natural gifts, your natural personality, who your parents say you are, who your friends know you to be, who your church friends know you to be. It's who heaven declares you to be. And you don't know all of that, but Jesus wants to reveal it to you. Is that cool? So he said to Peter, you're a rock. When he went to, almost went to the cross, Peter the rock said, oh, don't you worry. All these wimps, they may run away from you, but I'm not going to run away from you because I'm a rock. Jesus says, oh, you're all going to get scattered. No, no, they're going to get scattered because they're wimps. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're not a wimp. <laughs> Positive declaration. <laughs> And Peter's like, okay, they might run away. But not me, man. I'm going to die for you. I'm, I'm, just, I'm the rock. And then in the moment, Jesus actually said to him, hey, you know, before even the cock crows, you're going to, die, you're going to deny me, bro. And, uh, and so and he goes, nah, what? You mean now? No way. And anyway, it happened. He denied that he even knew Jesus. 
You see, so we are a work in progress. Does that mean that everything that, that, that God had declared over his life was now null and void because he wasn't perfect? Here's the amazing thing. The Apostle Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. I want to let you know that you are what you are by the grace of God. And then he went on to say, you know, that grace wasn't for, for in vain. I, I worked hard. I want to encourage you to be a builder. And you know, in the day of Pentecost, we see that, that when the Holy Spirit fell in the room, 120 people were there. They got baptized in the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in tongues. The power of God moved. It was the beginning of the Jerusalem revival in the book of Acts. Who was the spokesperson? Peter got up. Here's the church, 120 people. He stands up to this huge crowd. He begins to declare to them that this is what was promised in the Old Testament. And the Bible tells us there was such a radical revival. 3,000 people were added to the church that day. I'm not talking about 3,000 people put up their hands to give their lives to Jesus. 3,000 people were added to their number. That's called building the church. It wasn't just 3,000 people who prayed a prayer and then disappeared into the city. It says 3,000 people were added to their number. The church went from 120 to 3,120 in a single day. That's what you call revival problems. Now, here's the thing. They were, they were added to their number. In other words, they belonged they became part of the community. And this is what the revival looked like. They were being added to the community of God. We see in, in, in Acts 2 verse 47, it goes on to say what this looked like. It says, and the Lord added to their number daily now those who were being saved. Every day, people were being added what? To their number. Turn to the person next to you and say, to their number to their number. It wasn't just people who just said, oh yeah, privately in my heart, and my head, I'm, I'm now a Christian. They were, they were knitted into the body of Christ. I want to tell you what God is doing when He wants to build the church is He actually wants to knit people into the community of God. I'm so passionate about that because you see, that's the picture in the Bible. Acts 5 verse 14 says, nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. If you want to say, what does it look like for revival in the book of Acts? It's God working through the church. What is the church? The, the Bible says the church is, is what you call the ecclesia, the called out ones. They were called out of the world, out of darkness, out of sin, and they were called together. I believe that there is a tremendous assault against the church the called out ones, the ones who are called together. Because I believe that the enemy can see the potential arising on the horizon of the purpose of God that heaven is declaring over people's lives. And he knows if I can keep them separated from one another, if I can keep them separated, their impact will be incredibly diminished. And so there is an assault against the church. But I really believe that God says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Amen. The gates of hell will not prevail. I'm really excited about that because for me, as I gave my life to God, I had an encounter at a youth camp. And then I didn't think church was a part of that picture. Surrendered my life to God. 
got touched by the Holy Spirit, saw the power of God moving at that camp like I'd never seen before, seeing demons coming out of people, witnessed people who'd gotten healed. But I just didn't realize the church was a part of my future. And I came back and the whole thing, the whole buzz about God, which I thought was never going to wear off, lasted about five days. And then I became the old Paul, but a bit worse. And I'm going through... I'm going through my year. I'm not part of church. I haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And, and, um, and, and I'm sorry if this offends you, but you know, I, I often tell people I was coming back from a party. The only time I ever tell anybody about Jesus when I was under the influence. You know, the end of the party, you had too much to drink and everybody else said too much. That's when the evangelist comes out. Oh, man, you know, you really need to give your life to Jesus, man. And they're like, yeah, man, I know, I know. And so... <laughs> And so I'm coming home one day and I'm walking down Koei Marama Road in Auckland and I'm going home and I'm just trying, don't listen to this, Krista, and I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to walk straight. I'm just trying to concentrate so I can walk down the pavement and I walk past the dairy and I'm not far from home and I'll never forget, I felt the presence of God come around me like a blanket. And I, and I knew he's close to me like at that camp. And he loves me and he's wrapping me in his love and his grace. And he's going, look at my son. What an idiot. And, 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 he, and he carried and, and, uh, he, and he walked me home, you know, that day. And I, and I came home and I woke up in the morning and I thought, I need to change something in my life. And I got out a book by Bill Sabritsky who, uh, that I bought at camp. And he talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I climbed into my tree hut in Koimaramura and I opened up and I read the last part of this book. And in the back was a prayer on how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and so I prayed that prayer and I asked God to fill me with the Holy Spirit. And in my tree hut, I was like, I thought it only works when someone lays hands on you. And the Holy Spirit brought a strength into my life. But you know what else did is that I became a part of a local church. And you know what? I don't know what it was, but it's something about iron sharpening iron. It's something about getting around the family of God. And I want to tell you that your destiny is always as, as a part of the local church. That You know, I, I love what Phil Pringle, a pastor in C3 Church in Australia, says. He says 90% of your potential and your, your destiny has been deposited by God into the lives of other people. And you're only going to be able to walk in it if you connect with them. And if you link up with them, and uh, you know we're we're blessed to be a blessing, but it's as we link together. I want to tell you that that I I know I know people that have said to me and people that I know and friends of mine that have given up on the church. They say, "Well, I love Jesus, Paul, but you know I just I just struggle with the church because I've been hurt by leaders or." I've been hurt by the auntie, or I've been hurt by the, the greeters at the door, you know. Uh, you know, uh, how many of you know that if you're in the family of God, someone's going to step on your toe? It's guaranteed to happen. You know, I tell you, if I, if I was offended by, by the church for being hurt, I wouldn't be here. It's a, it's a dangerous thing to lead because you put your head up and someone always has a different opinion. But here's the thing is that, that God 
has a vision for the church. And, and I love the fact that the, that the Apostle Paul, when he was being converted, he was actually an anti-Christian. He was against the church. He was taking them out of homes. He was arresting them. And then as he was traveling on, another, uh, on the road to another city to keep persecuting Christians, he had an encounter with Jesus. Don't you call that the grace of God? You know, we're praying for God to set people free. And you might think that the person you were praying for today as Tosin was leading was, is, is beyond reach. But I would have thought, you know, Saul was beyond reach. I mean, he was, he was like the ISIS of that time. He was there trying to destroy the church. And, uh, and then he's, and he's going on this, on this mission to destroy the church. <laughs> You know, he, he was a missionary of a different kind. And he's going, and he has an encounter with Jesus. And he falls on the ground and he hears a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? I tell you, I've always found that an incredibly impacting thought. Because Jesus didn't say, why are you persecuting the Jerusalem church? St. Jerusalem. Why, why, are you, why are you persecuting St. Peter, St. Andrew's, you, you know, Catholic Cathedral? No, 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 he wasn't saying that, you know. He, he wasn't saying, why are you persecuting the church? He didn't say, why are you persecuting my people? He said, why are you persecuting me? You see, Jesus so identifies with the church that he doesn't know where the church finishes and he starts because we are his body. Amen. I've been, I've been married for a few years now, and if you're married, I want to give you a tip. You have to love your wife and all of her. Right? You don't say, you don't say hey, Jody, I love your face, but I hate your body. Because if you say that, you will be sleeping on the couch if you are lucky. You say, I love your beautiful cheeks. How many of you know Jody's got beautiful cheeks? I love those cheeks. <laughs> and that's how people, people can be. People can be so, oh, yeah, I love Jesus, but I, 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 just, I, I don't like the church. Look, I can guarantee the church is not perfect. But the church is something that Jesus is building. And uh, we need to be able to fall in love with the bride of Christ because Jesus is falling in love with the bride of Christ. And here's the great thing is, because it's not perfect, it allows people like you to come in. <laughs> Hallelujah. I mean, amazing. I mean, David, for instance. You'd never be allowed in this church if we had only perfect people. <laughs> There's a word of encouragement for you. You know, but the beautiful thing is that Paul the Apostle got saved and then his mission through his life as a missionary to Gentiles, to people who hadn't heard about God, but everywhere he went, he didn't just have a, his own little independent ministry, but everywhere he went, he was either planting churches or strengthening churches because he knew that the local church is really what the heartbeat of God, what God is building in. I want to encourage you today to be a church builder. If Jesus is building the church, what are you building? You might be right-handed. You might be left-handed. But this illustration is presuming we're all right-handed. You can swip it around if you're left-handed. But, you know, sometimes we have, if you're right-handed, you have greatest skill with your right hand. 
You can do things. Have any injured a right arm or right hand and you try to do everything with, with your left hand and it's just not as skillful. You have greater strength with your right hand. And so sometimes we can be looking for what we can do with our gift that is skillful and our gift that is strong. And, and maybe you haven't found a way of, of an outlet to use the gift that you care about, that you feel is skillful, that you feel is strong to build the church. But I want to encourage you. Sometimes you, you say, okay, I'm going to wait for that opportunity, but I'm actually going to serve in an area that I'm not skilled in. I'm, I'm going to serve in an area that I'm not strong in because I just want to bless the people of God. I want to encourage the people of God. And, you know, if God is, is wanting to, to move in our city and, and He wants to add people to our number, what He wants is people that are in this place that say, I'm going to come along on a Sunday and I'm not here as a customer. I'm going to come along to my connect group and I'm not there just for me. I'm going to go along to our prayer meetings. I'm going to, I'm going to be a part of the life of God, uh, the life of the church, and I'm going to do it with a heart for others. Come on. If you're going to be a builder of the church, you may not have an opportunity to use your gifts, maybe the way that you feel is most skilled or the strongest, but you're prepared to take your, your left arm. You're prepared to work in areas you're not so skilled and not so strong, but you say, Lord, I'm here for others. I don't want to come as a customer or a consumer. How many of you know that's not what the church is about? It's about saying, Lord, who today can I encourage? Who can, today can I speak into and bless and prophesy? And then through the week, who is it that you want to flow through my life to touch and witness and share with? And God is moving, but He's moving through His people. And you know, I've said this before, but you know, when we were having a holiday last year and we were in Greece and we got an opportunity to travel up to Corinth to see ancient Corinth and we were there and the guide was showing us so this is the remains of the temple and this is the remains of, uh, of, you know, of this other temple and up there is the, uh, you know, uh, the temple of Aphrodite that had 10,000 priestesses and, and so we were having the whole area all just colored in, 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 in uh, uh, colored up for us and we were imagining what it would look like and, and, then, and then she said in this place here this stage here, this is where the, the mob brought the Apostle Paul. And he stepped right here and, he was, and he, was, he was tried in this spot. But of course, he was found not guilty. But this is, this is where the mob brought him. And Jody and me went and we stood in that place and we looked in our imagination what it would look like all those years ago. And we thought, Lord... It's amazing that you've got all these other religions and, and Corinth was a place of incredible immorality and it was party central. It was like sort of the Las Vegas of the ancient world. And, and those priestesses were actually, you know, prostitutes. And in the middle of that place with the mob being against him, the Bible says that he was able to plant an incredible church there in Corinth and the apostolic anointing was able to break through. And I tell you, I believe that God isn't just wanting to anoint a person like he did with the Apostle Paul, but he's wanting to bring an apostolic breakthrough anointing upon the people of God, upon the church of God. And it's the apostolic anointing that can break through into our city and break through in our lives. You know, it's not by might nor by power, by my spirit says the Lord of hosts and unless the Lord builds the house the labor is labor in vain but I want to tell you God is moving in our time and, and there is a building anointing a builder's anointing 
that God wants to put upon our lives. You say, well, I don't know if I've got the, the talent. I don't know if I've got the boldness. I don't know if I've got the skill. I want to ask you if you've got the willingness to put your life in the hands of Jesus. And as you get closer to Him, as Peter did, He turns around and He speaks prophetic life into you and says, on this rock, I'm going to build my church. On your giftings, I'm going to do something that you wouldn't even believe. You might see yourself as Simon, son of Jonah, but I see you in a different light. I see you as a rock. I see you as a leader. You might feel like you're up and down, he says to Simon. You might, one minute you're going to die for me, the next minute you're denying me. I mean, who ever relate to that? But he says, but I see something else. I see the gold that I placed in you. I see the purpose of God that I see, uh, that I've placed in you. And I want to move in your life to build the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. So Holy Spirit, we want to thank you. We want to thank you right now for the gold that you have deposited here in this room, in this church, in these lives. And Lord, we speak into the divine purpose of God. We command a divine activation of the purpose of heaven over every life. We thank you, Lord, that you said to, to Timothy, Lord, through, uh, through the Apostle Paul, you said that, that, Timothy, my son, I'm giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies made about you. So by recalling them, by living in them, you may fight the good fight. You may fight the battle well. And so Holy Spirit, right now, I command an activation of every word. I command an activation of the divine purpose of God. And Lord, right now, we just stand against the gates of Hades, the gates of death, death that would try to chew up your faith, chew up your calling, bring death to your vision, bring death to your, your, your commitment, bring, bring, bring death to your joy. And Lord, we just say in the name of Jesus, nothing like that is going to prevail because you are building your church and the gates of Hades or death or hell is not going to prevail. We speak against every scheme of Satan, Lord. Every scheme that would stand against the church of God, individuals, try to bring discouragement, try to, try to limit the potential, try to cause you to settle for something else. Come on. If you can sense that there's a settling on the inside of you, I just believe God wants you to break out today and to say, God, I thank you. I'm going to step into not just who I am in the natural, but who you declare that I am. Peter had to make a choice. I'm not just going to be Simon, but I'm going to be Simon Peter. I'm going to face the fact of who I am in the natural, but I'm going to embrace who heaven tells me that I am as well. When you stand on your feet around this place, and Holy Spirit, we just want to welcome we want to welcome a fresh anointing to bring an activation of destinies that are getting activated in this season right now. We thank you, Lord, that your word and your heart that you've been just burdening us with, Lord, is that you want to build your house. You want to build the church. Just lock your hearts into God. You know, we weren't from this area. We'd been invited to come to the Wellington region, but we'd said no three times. And then God gave us a dream, began to speak to us. And in the dream, Jody and me were sitting in the TSB arena. 
Someone got up on stage and says, coming up soon, Paul and Jody Saunders have got a great opportunity. We realized when we woke up, oh, that's Wellington. And so here we are. But it's not because we chose to be here, but because of the call of God. How many of you know it's sunnier in Nelson? Amen. But I believe that we come because God has not just called us to lower heart, but we're entrusted with with a responsibility for the Wellington region. And that's why in August we kick off Hope Center Carpety in August. Because God wants us to continue to step forward into everything that He wants to do. And we're excited about that. But how many of you know that we are stronger together? And so Holy Spirit, we just we just thank you that we may have individual callings, but Lord, our callings as they link with the person to the left and the right divine relationships that calling that potential that power gets multiplied 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 yeah we want we want senior saints lord that are not retired but are refired Show, 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 show. We need intercessors, God, that can break open things for younger generations. I, I just really believe that there is a, a, a joining of hearts, the young to the old. The young to the old. Maranda. <laughs> is that a rude thought? Senior said, can we just get like, we don't, want, we don't want any accidents here. Can we just get a couple of catches for us? If, 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 you're, a, if you're a saint that is a, you consider yourself senior. I don't want to, I don't want to put a name on that. I don't want to put a number on that because I value my life. But if you if you consider yourself a senior saint, can you just step into the aisle uh, as, as uh, where you are if you see yourself as a senior saint? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, let there be fire. Ha! Don't retire, but refire. Lord, refire, refire, refire. Roba shoba rende kiza maila. Marana. Oh, there's more fire for you. More fire.